Welcome to Mind and Soul Matters. I'm Haifa. Through conversations with everyday people, Mind and Soul Matters aims to broaden our understanding of mental health and spirituality and to deepen our insights into the challenges and meaning of our lives. You might have already noticed today's episode is a little different. We're seeing the world through the eyes of children. Our guest interviewer, Collins McFarlane, talks to us kids about what we love, friendship, gratitude and happiness, our worries and our hopes for the future. Our special guests include Willow and Adana, who are 12 years old. Adana's favourite pastime is baking and Willow loves playing netball. Noah and Marcus, who are nine years old, and they've been friends since they were three. Both love Pokemon cards and playing video games. Bronte is 10 and full of energy. She's the life of the party. While Zavi, who is also 10, may be a future soccer star. Our in-house psychologist will also be weaving in comments about the mental and spiritual health of children. My favorite is the ending, so stay tuned where we tell the adults in our life what's deep in our hearts. Enjoy. We can go on Pretending day by day That someone, somewhere This will make a change We are all a part of God's great big family Welcome to a very special edition of Mind and Soul Matters. Today's edition has got children giving us their thoughts and ideas on these matters. So let's start our chat today with the topic of love. Now, we all know we love our family and our friends and our pets, but I want to dig in a little bit to that really powerful force that attracts us to other things and people and memories. And let's hear from you, Willow. What do you love or who Well, I obviously love my family and my friends. Some things that I love to do is netball because I really like being part of a team and I quite enjoy playing it. (laughs) I also like to dance because it's really a good way to express myself. I like to skateboard because... I like to like do at the skate park. I like to go down the hills and stuff. When I used to have a skateboard, I like to sit on them and ride around and stuff. <laughs> I also like to play with my friends because I love to have fun around me and so I never get bored because I usually get bored if I don't have someone around me. I really love the iPad and playing on it. I also obviously love my family, as everyone does. And I love my iPad because it has no limitations and I can do as many things that I want. I like playing soccer because it entertains you and it's fun because if you play with other people, normally 
they're happy and they're good at the sport so then you can have fun with them. I also like spending time with my family because we don't often do it because we've got a big family. Now, a few of you mentioned about friends. I'm really interested to know what sort of qualities do you look for in a friend? I really like humour and patience because I myself have some humour and I really like it when other people have some humour so we can both laugh about stuff. I think a friend has to be trustworthy because if you tell them a secret, they might give it away and then everyone's going on at you about the secret. Friendships are essential for a child's mind and soul, for their spiritual and mental well-being. Through positive friendships, children learn empathy and altruism. Having friends boosts happiness, well-being and self-confidence, reduces stress and promotes a positive outlook on life. They learn important life skills like getting along with others, problem solving and communication skills. Skills that are crucial for their social and emotional adjustment as adults. I really look for obviously like kind friends. Also someone who's like encouraging because they're trying to get me to be the best person I can be. Funny as well because they're really fun to be around if they're funny and also honest because then I feel like I can connect with them more because I know that that they can be trusted and that they're telling the truth to me. I look for someone who treats other people like kind as well as just me and someone that you can like be yourself around and you don't have to, I don't know, pretend. Well, what I look for in a friend, someone that has loads of energy, so like I never get bored around them. I like someone that always smiles and treats people the same that they would treat their family or me. And I like someone that always smiles so I know that they're never like angry or something or like mad at me or for something. I like, I just feel more like safe when someone's smiling around me. I feel more, you know, happy. Be thankful for our friends and family and grateful for the air that we breathe and appreciate everything that we have today. Let's be generous to win. It's really important that we don't dwell on unpleasant things in life. And one of the ways we can do that is to look at things that we're grateful for in our life. Has anyone got any thoughts on things that they're really grateful for? I am grateful for family and enough food to eat. Because if we run out of food, we would starve and will become extinct. I'm grateful for my family and I have a bed to sleep in 
because some people are not as fortunate as me and have to live on the street. I'm grateful for family and two dogs because dogs for me make me happy and if I'm sad then I can just go to them. I'm grateful for my family because when I like drive around I see some people that have no homes or no money and I feel really grateful that I have that wealthiness that I can go to a great school and have a nice house that I can live in and sleep in a comfy bed and that my parents like think about me and they don't just like let me do bad things like watch screens all day or eat so much candy they like actually think about what's right for me and not just what makes me happy they think about what would make me happy in the future. I'm really grateful for my family, especially my sister, because I always wonder what it would be like if I'm an only child and I'd be like really bored all the time. I'm grateful that we live in like a safe country so we can have lots of opportunities. I'm grateful for my family and especially my dog Chester because he's really fun to be around and also that I can go to a good school because there's some good people there and good teachers as well. So we've got obviously the ups in life and the things that make us happy and grateful, but there are also times that sometimes we feel a little bit down and that's okay because that's normal in life. But I am really interested to hear about what is it that makes you sad and how do you deal with that feeling to make yourself feel better What are the ways that you can make yourself come back to that happy, grateful feeling? I go to my room and sit in there for a bit and then like maybe play with my slime or practice my oboe or do things that I'm good at and that I'm happy and that, yeah, that makes me more calm, like reading or something. I often do like reading or drawing because it kind of like a mindful activity, so it calms me down and kind of like makes me forget about how angry I am or upset. (laughs) When I'm like sad or stressed about school, I can like play with my dog Chester or I just like focus on what makes me happy and do something I'm good at. Some movies make me sad and make me emotional and what I do to stop me from being sad is to just think that it's just a movie and think that it's not all real. Also what makes me sad is when my toys get taken apart, ripped or popped. And how do you deal with that feeling? Well, just go to my room and cry. Does it make you feel better after a cry? Mm. What makes me sad is when 
like my personal stuff gets like destroyed and I deal with that by going to like watch some TV and then just go upstairs and go to my room. I want you to be happy. I want you to be happy. Most parents would say their wish for their child is to be happy. So how do we raise children who are happy? And I would also add resilient. Daniel Gilbert, a social psychologist and author, highlights for us the importance of combining spiritual wisdom with modern science to arrive at a happier and more meaningful life. So what does that look like when it comes to our children? As a first step, we have to nurture their soul. Children are potentially the light of the world. Within them are minds rich in gems. An education which cultivates their spirit will reveal these gems and fulfill their potential. In other words, we need to nurture the spiritual qualities and virtues within our children, teaching them kindness, love, patience, excellence, perseverance. How do we do this? Firstly, I would suggest through modelling these qualities, and we don't have to get it right every time, none of us do, and then using a language that brings out these spiritual qualities. So instead of saying, that's a good girl, we would say something like, well done for showing patience. In terms of building children's resilient muscles to cope with life's challenges, I would say accustoming our children to hardship, as explained in the Baha'i writings, and lovingly supporting them through failures and difficulties is one of the keys to building resilience. Some activities that nurture a child's soul and lead to happiness and resilience include being in nature, going for walks, using creativity, whether that's through music, art or dance, and experiencing supportive relationships, including family, sporting groups, clubs or friendships. And a really important ingredient in raising happy, resilient children is for them to have a trusting adult they can talk to. I want you to smile. I want you to... Because it's sometimes really important to talk things through. Are there any qualities of people that you look for in someone that you want to talk to about your worries or sad feelings? Well, I look for someone who is patient because when you talk the, to them, they you have to make sure that they don't make their mind wander off or just walk away. I find someone who's helpful because if you tell them, you tell them, but if they actually help, they're a good person to tell them. In Broome, we had foster kittens and I used to, like, sit them down on my bed or just cuddle with them and just, in my mind, think about ways I could solve that sadness. I mean, I would obviously talk to my mum first, but that may not still make me feel better, so I would go talk to, like, my one of my cat or my dogs and they would listen, they would sit there patiently and the good thing is that they, like, feel you kind of and they, like, if you're sad, they'll, like, especially my dog, if I was sad, cheered me up by, like, jumping around or making me happy. So I feel safe when I talk to her. 
That's a really interesting point, Bronte, because sometimes when we talk to somebody, we might not find the answer that we're looking for to make us feel better. And sometimes we actually need to talk to ourselves about it and make ourselves feel better. You talked about speaking to pets, but do you ever tell yourself things that you need to help yourself get over worries, particularly if you've got any worries or concerns? Well, I get worried or nervous before cross country, which is a big sport for me because I'm really good at it and I just worried that if I don't win this, what what would my new sport be? So I usually just think to myself, like, this is just meant to be fun. It's not anything serious. I mean, like, obviously, if you go to the Olympic Games and yeah, but I just say to myself, like, it's going to be okay. What's happened in the other years that, like, when I've ran cross country in the other years, I did pretty well. So I'm like, I just, I just got to keep running and ignore the pain and stuff like that. And I just tell myself, get pumped up and then I just run, you know. (laughs) What makes me worried is school camps because I'm worried about getting homesick and I'm also worried about getting worried or feeling panicky at night. And what helps me is talking to my mum before school camps and deep breathing and thinking about things that I enjoy and like. It's normal for children to feel worried or anxious from time to time, and certain fears can be developmentally normal. Young children can be scared of the dark, while older children can feel anxious about social situations. Certain life events can also lead to worry and anxiety, such as starting a new school. Anxiety is in fact a useful inbuilt system that helps us avoid real danger and can motivate us to perform. For example, mild levels of anxiety about an upcoming school assessment can motivate a child to prepare for the assessment. But anxiety can become a problem if it gets in the way of a child's everyday life, their schooling, their friendships and their family relationships. Sometimes children can express that they feel anxious or worried, but often there are other signs or symptoms, such as difficulty concentrating, problems with sleep, constantly worrying or having negative thoughts, feeling tense and fidgety, crying often, or complaining of tummy aches and feeling unwell. And a big one is avoiding everyday activities, such as seeing friends, going out in public or going to school. So what can we do if we suspect our child is experiencing anxiety? First important step is to lovingly talk to them about their anxiety and worries. Find out how we can support them. And if the anxiety is ongoing, to seek professional help, either through their school, the local GP or mental health service. Well, when I feel worried or stressed I just tell myself that it will all pass and in like a couple of days or weeks everyone will forget about it if I mess up or something. I would just say to myself that you can do it and your body can do anything it's about mental strength. Because even as adults, 
we sometimes struggle to get through some things because we get a bit worried about how things are going to turn out. But I am going to tell myself that these things will pass and it's all about mental strength. Love that. One of the ways we know children's anxiety and mood can be managed is through cognitive behaviour therapy, or CBT for short, which is a type of therapy that has been used for several decades by psychologists and other mental health professionals. CBT looks at our thoughts and our behaviours. Most of our mood and worries are generated through our thoughts, either about the past or future. By addressing these thoughts, we can replace our unhelpful thoughts, we can call these our stinky thoughts, with more rational and helpful thoughts. We have to remember that our thoughts are just that, thoughts and not facts. The Baha'i writings say that when a thought of war comes, we are to oppose it by a stronger thought of peace. And really, that is part of CBT. CBT also encourages behaviours or activities that help lift our mood and make us feel more relaxed. And that can be anything that feeds our soul, like being with friends, baking, riding a bike, meditating, praying or watching a funny movie. What are some of the exciting things that life has in store for you guys, do you think? Dr. Zeus says something very cool. He says... You've got brains in your head and feet in your shoes. You can steer yourself any direction you choose. So given all that potential that you have in front of you, what are your hopes for the future? I hope to be an inventor and invent something that will change the world. And I would also love to create a video game and maybe even become a scientist. My hopes for the future is to become successful and live a nice and peaceful life. My hope for the future is that in Iran, some Baha'is are getting treated poorly. I hope that maybe I could go there and stop it or help those poor Iranians and, like, maybe take them home to my house and I can build them an apartment while I'm hearing about them and I want them to be happy and I don't want them to have to be put through all this suffering. I would really like to be a sort of animal or environmental scientist to, like, try and stop climate change and that kind of thing. I'd also like to be a director of, like, movies and, like, tell stories and stuff through the movies. And I'd also like to be a netball player, not only because, like, the sport is fun, but also because I really want to be a good role model for other people. Well, it sounds like the future is in good hands. I love that you're dreaming so big and... I just hope that you never give up on those dreams. I'd like to share one of my favourite reflections from the Baha'i writings on how we all as parents, communities, uncles or aunts, friends and even coaches can help to create an environment in which children can positively contribute to the future of humanity 
and be the light in the world. Here we go. Children are the most precious treasure a community can possess, for in them are the promise and guarantee of the future. They bear the seeds of the character of future society, which is largely shaped by what the adults constituting the community do or fail to do with respect to children. An all-embracing love of children, the manner of treating them, the quality of attention shown them, the spirit of adult behaviour toward them, these are all among the vital aspects of the requisite attitude. Love demands discipline, the courage to accustom children to hardship, not to indulge their whims or leave them entirely to their own devices. An atmosphere that needs to be maintained in which children feel that they belong to the community and share in its purpose. So let's talk about the world at large. If you could change one thing about the world, what would it be? I would stop climate change because I don't like seeing all these David Attenborough sad videos of all these animals that are having to go through climate because of us humans that are just like not thinking before we act. So I think... I'm going to start when I grow up. I hope I can start helping these animals and so they can live a better life. One thing I would like to change about the world is the price of food because it is getting very expensive. One thing I would like to change about the world is to have an infinite food stock so then we can just give it all out to the people who do not have enough food and so then they will not have to be hungry and starve. One thing I'll change about the world is that there would be no poverty because it makes me sad when I look at people on the street like begging for coins and money. One thing I would change about the world is probably bullying because bullying can lead to mental health issues and I feel like that's a big problem with teenagers and young adults because they feel like that they're not important and they feel like that they're not good enough. One thing I would change about the world in the future is that everyone is equal and also climate change so that the world's more healthy. I would also like to make the world like a fairer place because there's like still people who are still living in poverty and other people who are really rich and people from like different backgrounds and religions and genders are still being treated differently. So I'd like everyone to be treated equally. Some really good things for us to all think about there. And I love that your concern is for the whole world. It's so beautiful to hear. So we'll finish with something a little bit fun. I think it will be really interesting for adults to hear 
the answer to this. I'd love you to finish this sentence. I wish adults understood that. I wish adults understood that. You know how sometimes they say like respect your elders. I mean, I respect that, but I also think kids can also be respected a little bit by grown-ups because grown-ups are just kind of like treating them like, yeah, this is my own kids. I can do whatever I want with them because, yeah. But I th- I think kids should start having some respect as well. I wish adults knew that. School is very tiring, and although I don't mind going to school, it's still like I don't want to do much else, like that I don't have to do. I wish adults understood that kids can feel pain because, like, sometimes they just say, Oh, get up, it won't hurt that much. I wish adults understood that when are we ever going to use most of maths ever in our life? Because every day you won't be needing to answer complicated maths questions. I wish that adults understood that there's something called positions in sports Because my parents just tell me to go get the ball, go get the ball. And I'm like, but we have set positions so we don't always just run for the ball. I wish adults or parents understood that they don't actually know what's going on inside of you and they don't know when you're not hungry or they don't know when you're in pain or when you're sick and you need to tell them that otherwise they won't really understand how you're feeling. Sometimes I wish adults understood that kids aren't as young as they think because I remember when I was younger, adults would always speak to me like I was a child and I remember thinking, why are they still speaking to me like I'm a baby? (laughs) Um, Because... I could often understand what they were saying when they were talking to other adults. Interesting insights. I'm sure adults are all taking their notes (laughs) and making sure they're shifting their thinking. Thank you so much, everybody. I have learned a lot from you all. It has been very insightful, and I really hope we get a chance to hear more of your thoughts going forwards. Thank you, Collins, for a great interview. And thanks to our in-house psychologist. What she shared does not substitute for professional medical advice. And please see your GP or your local mental health service for any concerns. Big thanks also to you, our listeners, for your continued support. Remember to share an episode with a friend and follow Mind and Soul Matters on social media and on your preferred podcast app. See you next time. Write a date, so let's start giving